following podcast is presented by Secret Room Multimedia. in the fair point i'm nathan k and i'm le diable blanc craig lewis oh i could also be the white devil you know what needs to die yes nathan k we need to we need to put it to death once and for all here live on air wait we're gonna everyone to hear and by everyone i mean like the thousand or so subscribers we have whatever whoever it is that's times 10 what are, we, what are we executing here? People shouting, run, Forrest, run, every time they see somebody running. Um, wait, hold on. It's, 24, it's, 20, it's 2015. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody do this in real life. Are you serious? Since, yeah, since serious? like 1999. Are you serious? Are you I serious? am serious. I, had, I didn't know it was still a thing. Everybody, anywhere someone is running, somebody is bound to shout out, Run, Forrest, run. Not once have I experienced it while running ever in my life. Yeah. Uh, not once while seeing somebody running in my life have I seen somebody say that past 2003. The other day, dude, I was kind of running, not too fast, just, you know, kind of lightly jogging down a hallway. And this guy goes, run, Forrest, run. And then I hear his girlf- girlfriend like, Shh, stop, don't. Like, that's mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> oh, sick, sick burn. burn. <laughs> <laughs> What you should have done is you just should have stopped, turned around, and said, Groovy, baby, yeah. <laughs> oh, you like the shag, too. Oh, I see what you're saying there, buddy. I don't get it. <laughs> no, that catchphrase died when it fucking should have. I feel like people just say it like they're not even thinking of the context of the scene or anything. If you ask them, what, what happens when... Who yells that and why? Jenny yells it. Well, I know, but I'm saying most of these people that shout it out are probably just, I feel like on impulse, just like someone's running, run, Forrest, run. They think they're the fucking most witty pop culture referencer this side of a Quentin Tarantino flick or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you. Fuck run, Forrest, run. I, I'm going to fucking, instead of that, here's, some exa- here's what you can say instead. You could be like, fly, you fools. That's a good one. That right? is a good one, yeah. Like Gandalf. Um, you got any other ones? I got one. Um, you're going to be late. For a very important That's, date? Yeah, sure. I'm late. I'm late. That's a good one. For a very important date. People will be like, what the? Run, Forrest, oh. run. Oh, I get it. Uh-huh. Yay. He said the thing from the movie that was that Tom Hanks movie. You know, the one where he was a retard and sold shrimp. <laughs> Or I could be like, drat, drat, and double drat, like that we were having a wacky race and he just passed me, but no one's going to get that one either. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that, anybody That requires that. too many layers of separation. <laughs> so, we're continuing with listener appreciation. I was like, what? What is your issue? <laughs> 
Today we're taking Sarah's awesome request. Hey, thanks, Sarah. Such a good request. My favorite X-Men. No way. Gambit. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. This happened at the end of the last episode, and I'm like, no way. Again, I literally just edited it. <laughs> that happened with uh, James and the Watchmen, too. Right at the end of the Wacky Races, I said the same exact thing I said in the beginning of uh, the Watchmen episode. And it surprised me both times. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so yeah, Gambit was, he was my favorite X-Men growing up too. Oh, really? I, mean, I feel like he's my favorite X-Men by default now because he was my favorite as a child. And people um, that don't read the comics or uh, really pay close to him in the games or whatever, maybe only know him from either the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie or uh, from the X-Men 90s television series, they might just think his only power is throwing exploding playing cards. Fool, you are wrong. It's much more than that, and we're going to get into it. Just how awesome this guy is. He's the wise quackin', he's the wise cracking, raging Cajun, charming, smooth-ass motherfucker, Gambit. So let's get this right out of the way, too. Let's address the fucking elephant in the room, because we're not going to talk about it during the podcast proper. I just think it's so sad that in Hollywood, there hasn't been a really good portrayal of Gambit yet. Well, you know what's funny is I And actually, there still won't be. I'm sorry I cut you off, but I just I, I thought I, finished. I actually stopped and thought about this because I was doing Google searches and YouTube searches for Gambit, and all that was coming up was Channing Tatum cast as Gambit. Channing uh, Tatum cast as Gambit. Uh, Channing Tatum to play Gambit. Huh? Channing Tatum uh, will play Gambit. And I'm like, uh, okay. Are there any articles that aren't about Channing Tatum or YouTube videos that aren't about Channing Tatum? No. I, I didn't find anything good until I typed minus Channing into the See, what you have to do is, is get through the first 20 pages or so of results, and <laughs> then just, you get the, the sweet spot. No, you do the Google trick to minus. If you type minus it'll keep and then certain a phrase, words out. it'll take that phrase out of the search. It won't include anything that has that word or phrase. Uh, I didn't know that. What I did know is that you could type in barrel roll. And oh, yeah. And flip. Google, you, you can tell it to do a barrel roll, and it will, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, Fox, that bastard doesn't listen. You realize that bastard is you controlling Fox, right? He's not barrel rolling because you're telling him not to. I don't play Star Fox. <laughs> so this got me thinking, though, and I realized that... I. For Gambit being my favorite X-Men, I'm, I'm really not that upset about Channing Tatum playing him. And I started, oh. I started wondering, why is that? And I was like, oh, yeah, because I don't give a fuck about the X-Men movies. <laughs> and I'm like, thank God I don't give a fuck about these X-Men movies because it doesn't bother me one bit. I keep hearing Days of Future Past was very good. It sucked. I you saw it. you hated it? I hated it. Um, I have yet to like an X-Men movie since the second one. You know, Since yeah, X2. when I first saw the first two, I was like, they're kind of cool. But even then, they weren't really what I wanted out of an X-Men movie. And the more they just go on and on, the less I like them. And, I still haven't uh, checked out Days of Futures Past because I disliked First Class so much. It's better than First Class. I'll give it that. Okay, so that means it's what? Uh, it's definitely not towards eating Gilbert Grape levels, it, but it's probably more still Is around the, the Daredevil that's levels. That's the one with uh, Run, Gilbert, Run. No, right? no, no. Mama's dying, Gilbert. Mama's dead, Gilbert. Nero DiCaprio would be a better Gambit than fucking Channing Tatum. I still say Josh Holloway. Sawyer from Lost, perfect Gambit. I don't watch Lost, so I have no perfect idea. Perfect Gambit. You'd be, you'd be perfect. 
Well, while looking for cool Gambit stuff on the internet, I stumbled upon this one article. I was trying to find something that didn't have anything to do with Channing Tatum, so I found this one article. And apparently it doesn't have anything to do with the topic, or else we'd be talking about it during the topic, correct? Well, no, it's, it's Gambit, five facts you need to know. I figured... This is kind of like your uh, oh my god! This five isn't... five ways to combat your fear. Yeah, but this is so much more degrading to Gambit. This is from Heavy dot com. So oh, no, so yeah, heavy. I, just, look, I didn't write it. I'm feeling so heavy. Just had Thanksgiving dinner. It's clearly just a link bait article. You got a big picture of Gambit. Little paragraph composed of what two sentences? Thumbs two up so far. A uh, big picture of Channing Tatum. Thumbs down so far. And then it goes, here's what you'll need to know about Channing Tatum's new character. All right. Oh. Number one, Tatum will take over the role from Taylor Kitsched. And it shows a picture of like, I don't know, it looks like Will I Am, Hugh Jackman, and I don't know who the other two people are. One of them might be Channing Tatum, one of them might be Taylor Kitsch. I don't know. Uh. Big picture, one sentence, classic link bait article, top five, and it isn't anything but giant pictures in one sentence. And Oh, uh, so it's like somebody half-assed a BuzzFeed article. Number two, Gambit is one of the most popular characters in history. Uh, That's interesting. And you know the picture they chose to go with this one? Channing Tatum? Channing Tatum with some girl at like, uh, I don't know, the Oscars or the sports or not sports. There's too many like... Is there an actual author posted or is it just the heavy duty staff? By Paul Farrell. Okay, Paul. <laughs> Calling I you could, out. <laughs> I could play your game, you dirty rogue. He wishes he was rogue. So Gambit is one of the most popular characters in history. History. All just characters like Romeo, Juliet, Jesus. Like, No, apparently he's been ranked 65 on IGN's top 100 comic book heroes. A very specific of all time. type of character of all time. Uh, yeah, so sadly not even top 50. But hey, his, his, uh, his actual solo sales, his solo issue sales, not that great. So... And then we've got number three. Now, this one's, you know, on Fairpoint, I always like to give you something that you don't really learn in other, like, podcasts about the subject matter. Like, Watchmen, you know, you found out about that RPG book in our chess episode we looked at. Fantasy chess. Fantasy, fucking fake-ass fantasy chess. Um, And, you know, stuff like that. Well... This was perfect. Number three on this list really gave me something that, like, it's so cool. And, like, I kind of wanted to save it for when we're talking about Gambit. But fuck it, we're here right. now. Okay, so. well, hold on one second, okay? Hold on. Let me get situated. I am ready to hear this. Number I'm three. I'm excited. On the five facts you need to know about Gambit. Go on. He throws cards. No. I shit you not, Craig. Did I not just say in the beginning you might only know him as a guy who throws playing cards? And for the big giant picture that goes with this entry, another picture of Channing Tatum out on like the red carpet with some lady. <laughs> Number four. There could be romance between Tatum and Anna Paquin. I at least hope they're talking about in the movie and not just in general. <laughs> and number five. Gambit was able to kick the habit. This one, I actually did. This is the one that I actually legitimately, literally, I'm not just leading you on. The habit of to thieving. Think was cool. Well, uh, he used to smoke cigarettes. The habit of smoking. He used to smoke cigarettes, and so did Wolverine. But Joe Quesada instituted an anti-smoking policy, so he doesn't smoke cigarettes anymore. So they kind of were saying, like, Gambit quit smoking cigarettes. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I kind of I kind of do dig that one. Now, here's the fun part, Craig. Oh, there's a fun part to this. I thought it was already fun. The picture for this entry. Channing Tatum? No, 
actually. It's Gambit picture, smoking a cigarette. It's a picture of Joe Quesada. And each of these pictures has a little, uh, you know... Uh, flavor text? Not flavor text, but uh, uh, like a credit underneath, like Getty images and whatnot, you okay. know? And this one, underneath the picture of Joe Quesada, says Marvel editor Channing Tatum, Getty images. <laughs> So Joe Quesada is Channing Tatum now? Right. Channing Tatum's I, the best actor alive. They had him so hard on their brain. This Paul guy had Channing Tatum <laughs> so hard on his brain that he went to type Joe Quesada and typed Channing Tatum and didn't realize and just clicked well, publish. I mean, it's not a joke. If it was a joke, there would have been a joke somewhere else in this article. It's not like the one it's joke It's not like a cracked article. article? Exactly. <laughs> um, you can't really blame him. He probably just got done watching 22 Jump Street for like the third time in a row that day. It was like, you know what? This is something that needs to be addressed to the world. The world needs to hear my thoughts on his new role as Gambit. So let me look up Gambit. He throws playing cards. Nice. So recently, George Lucas was interviewed, okay? Oh, I love this news story already. Right. He came out and said that... Hold on, hold on. I'm not ready yet. Let me get my fucking lightsaber and my big foam finger. Holy uh, shit, he really does have a lightsaber. And my Jar Jar mask and my... (laughs) Dude, where did you get a glowing piece of... Crystal. The crystal in my lightsaber. Where did you get that crystal? Uh, Somewhere in the outer rim of the galaxy. I feel like the only way you'd really be able to get a hold of that is if uh, you had to purchase one off of a black market dealer who had gotten it from a dead Why Jedi. Why has he got to be black, though? Why can't this market no, dealer the market's be black. a white guy or a Toydarian? Uh... <laughs> so George Lucas was interviewed. Oh, man. What did he say? <laughs> well, he came out and said before he sold the rights to Disney, he already had plans to create episode seven. Back in like 2011, mm-hmm. he he didn't really go further on from there. He just kind of was like, I did. Yeah, I totally did. But, you know, the only thing I actually regretted about the whole Star Wars franchise that I branded and created and gave life to. The only thing I regretted about it is that was that I didn't put enough dobacks in the desert. So I petitioned Disney and we're going to be releasing it again with the proper amount of dobacks, both in the desert on the Star Destroyer. <laughs> And on Hoth. Close. Wooly Dubacks. No, but this was a meta thing. He didn't ever get to enjoy the Star Wars films the way that a fan does. Like, this is my first time seeing this. This is awesome. That's I'm a Star Wars fan. That's the only thing he regrets about yeah. Star Wars. George Lucas. <laughs> only thing? Really? Really? Off the top of my head, I can name three two-hour-long regrets like that. Oh, yeah. Where did the fucking special edition come from if you didn't have? For real. <laughs> the fact like, no, that you did the, remaster them. The first three were horribly flawed. The fucking prequels, perfect. No regrets. The only regret <laughs> is that I didn't get to experience it like you fucking ungrateful bastards. The only Interview reg- over. The only regret is I didn't have the capabilities to film those in the 70s. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of uh, when they asked George W. Bush if he could do one thing differently, what, what would he do? And he was just like, oh, I can't think of anything. Also, Which one is- more regret, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, uh, casting Aiden Christensen. <laughs> you can't blame that on Bush. Oh, I was still on Lucas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, why not? Bush let it happen. <laughs> Let's blame him for that, too. 
All right, so more movie news. Two trailers that I saw recently that I'd like to discuss. The first one, chuckle, giggle, holding Tee-hee. back stilted laughs. Tee. Have you seen the trailer for Unfriended? Is it a Facebook movie? Kinda. Oh. It's, that, was, that was supposed to be my joke. It's Skype movie more. It's got Skype in it. Like It's totally got Facebook and YouTube in it. Like, And they're all such uh, subtly product placed. It's an MTV movie. <laughs> It's a horror movie. Ah, so that would be a no. <laughs> it's a horror movie about Skyping. About ghost Skyping. Seriously? Ghost Skyping? They could have done an actual horror movie about a stalker Skyping. Yeah, right. Like that started on chat roulette or something. Turned to Skype, and then it went south real quick. I mean, usually it goes south while you're still on chat roulette, but... <laughs> It starts off south. (laughs) Way south. Fucking Alaska south. So this movie is about a girl who gets like they there's like a compromising video of her taken when she's at a party and like people post it on the Internet and they're like slut shaming her and fucking just being horrible, awful. They're slut shaming her because she was kidnapped. No, she wasn't kidnapped. I thought you said she was taken. No, a compromising video of her was taken. Oh, I thought you were like, this is taken for actually. (laughs) Already no. coming out at the same time as they Taken 3. They had a three. video of her acting all drunk and flirty and then okay. passing out. And you could see parts of her on film. And they posted it on social media. And her whole school was just being horrible, awful teenagers and about it. And as they are wont to do. And she ended up killing Admit herself. it, all teenagers listening. You're a horrible person. Not all teenagers. Nope, you're all horrible people. Not you're all. horrible little minions and you're going to ruin our generation. <laughs> no, nope, I remember not. back in the good old days when we were all good kids. No, seriously though, all teenagers are shit. Craig the curmudgeon Lewis. <laughs> I was a little piece of shit and I was one of the good ones. No, there are some teenagers that aren't, but yeah, most of them are. Uh, most people, most people, like, so <laughs> this girl kills herself. And then starts haunting her friends through Skype and gets this group of like, I don't know if they're her friends or her classmates, this group of people like trapped on this Skype call trying to figure out who posted the video and like she's like killing them off and revealing like compromising shit about them. Like, you cheated on me and shit. And like, it's it's it just looks awful. Oh, God. There's so much to say, but it's just a waste of breath. It's cool to have that idea of like people that do that shit are horrible. And you know, in no people. way will this be dated in five years. <laughs> Not at all. At the same time, too, the fucking victim is the one who's painted as the fucking bad guy. Well, I haven't seen that one before. What a twist, in this huh? Fucking, in this type of fucking issue. Oh, my God. This person was such a victim. But you know what? Well, this her, person, her, this woman, well, this, girl, this teenage girl. Oh, she's not a... Teenage girls are not people. Play, probably played by a woman. Well, I'm saying not just some general person. It's a very specific type of thing that happened to her. Fair enough. And we're getting more which, specific In which than the me. victims are often treated as the fucking... Right. And like, they end up... Guess what? We're really the bad guy. <laughs> Literally. I'm haunting Skype. and This movie produced people, by the Republican Party. <laughs> making people shove their hands in blenders and shit. It, it looks moderately creepy, but it looks awful. And it's, it's with a movie called Unfriended. What do you expect? Now, this other trailer, though, is the one I really wanted to talk about. Craig, have you seen it? SLC Punk 2. The trailer's here. It's not 
it's dropped the SLC Punk 2 from its title, though. Punk's dead. Punk's dead. Uh, I haven't, a young actually. Punk story or something? I'm not sure story. how excited I am about it. Are you really excited about it? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's kind of like Jurassic World. I've seen the trailer. It doesn't look awful. It looks like it could go either way, and I just am hoping for the best. I mean, and I'm like super excited either way. It could be an amazing film, uh, a masterpiece, a, a work to put up there with the Coen brothers. I just don't know how necessary it is to write a sequel to a great film that was done a while ago and like, I don't know. I think you need to get the hype back for it. You know, okay. get people to get back into SLC punk and that whole scene. And they just be like, Oh, a sequel to a punk movie. That was what? 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, the director wanted to make it, man. Let him have his pet project. There's I, I'm excited. Well, if it's the same director, it's at least a step in the right direction. Well, yeah, it's, there's no studio. That's like, man, we got to fucking capitalize <laughs> on this SLC punk too. has to happen. You're right though. They did do S Darko. So I yeah. guess just some shit filmmaker could be so hands on I it. was yeah, I was kind of like fearing that. No, no. He he wanted to do it. He said one of the reasons he wanted to do it is because he's sick of people telling him, Thank God you grew out of that punk thing. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I didn't, okay? <laughs> I didn't. Still a shit bag. But I didn't really catch most of it until the second time around watching the trailer. Did you notice Sean is all throughout it? Devin Sawa? Really? He's, he's got he's the guy in the beanie. I, I told you I didn't see the trailer, so no, I didn't notice. You didn't? I thought you said you did see no, it. No, I said I didn't. I hadn't yet. What? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw that you had posted it on Facebooks, but I really didn't have a chance to watch well, it. You I kind of came right from work. Devin Sawa is back. You know, the kid that tried to kill his mom on acid? Yeah, yeah. The, he was the acid dealer, and then he ran from a cop. It soaked into his yeah, that's, pants. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's... John the Mod. You can see John the Mod. Oh, yeah? And also the guy in the trailer, when you see the trailer, there's a guy who's like, I'm practically his uncle. I didn't realize this till the second time I watched it. That's Eddie, the like ladies man who was, everyone would think right. he was gay, but he's not gay. He he just really liked women or something. <laughs> Remember, they go out, drive to Utah. You, to, you like having sex with women so much, you're freaking gay. <laughs> Yeah, so those three characters, obviously Trish and Heroin Bob are in the trailer. Um, warning, if you haven't seen the first movie, it spoils the ending of the first movie within the trailer does. two seconds. Yeah, so we're not going to do that here, but definitely watch the first movie before you watch oh, the trailer. Oh, absolutely. The Great film. I am now a little more excited to check it out. The new Fifty Shades of Grey TV spot came out. Really? You know what burning question they were asking all the viewers? Are you curious? Well, Fifty Shades of Grey, to answer you in short, no. Not even remotely. Yeah. What? It's just a guy having lots of bondage sex with a girl. It's Twilight it's not fan even, fiction. You know that, right? It's not even porn. Yeah, I do know that, but I don't know where it comes from because there's no vampires in it. They changed the names and all that stuff. They just changed them to regular people, but it was originally posted on the internet as Twilight fan fiction. Okay, so it actually had the original written one. The original manuscript of this. Had vampires. Was like Edward and Bella or something. Okay. That makes a little more sense now because I knew it was, but I didn't understand how it was because it's like, it's just two people having sex. Seriously, like this, a businessman meets this girl and like, hey, he's so rich, but he's a really sexually depraved, kinky guy and he keeps pushing her further and well, further. He's, a, he's an abusive person. Yeah, and it's, it looks like it's a bunch of borderline rape. 
I mean, it's it's uh, somebody's fantasy that they wrote, and it's not like. But a, she likes like that rapey thing. It's yeah, I mean, which really it's more pornographic than a like accurate representation of like that type of you know. It's just like what somebody who's imagining that type of thing in their head. So imagines, basically, you know what I mean. This whole movie is like a middle-aged soccer mom reading Twilight, taking a nap, <laughs> having a dream. <laughs> what she's dreaming, more or less. From what I understand, there's no role-playing going on in, tw- in Fifty Shades of Grey. It's just an abusive relationship. Yeah, the trailers make the girl look scared. So, <laughs> And the audience, the same. <laughs> Needless to say, that's not really the type of movie that you'd want to get like sexual education from. You know what I mean? I think you would so, want to get sexual education from one of the boring ones in health class. Or it doesn't have to be so boring, Craig. What if I told you you could get your sexual education from brightly colored, vibrant, fun children's cartoons? Swedish children's cartoons. Oh, no is, is one like a turtle and the other is <laughs> no. the other's I guess you could call it that. <laughs> And then they show everybody how to put a condom on. This Swedish children's educational cartoon about penises and vaginas uh, debuted on this like children's p- programming block in Sweden. It features a dancing penis and a dancing vagina, both cartoons with a face and, and even like dancing penises with top hats. So, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's brilliant. But I do have to ask, where, where do the eyes go on the vagina? They go, ab- I, I don't need, like, where do you start and stop? Like, <laughs> I just, like, do you have the legs too? Uh, why, I, what I'm wondering is, <laughs> you're like, the penis, well, it's obvious, but a vagina. Well, a just, dick is a dick, so. The eyes go here, it's the mouth of, goes here. Right, it stands up right. It's been done in kids' binders for years. So it's kind of, it's kind of self-explanatory. Well, unfortunately, 12-year-old boys just haven't had enough visual reference for long enough to master the art of cartoon vagina. Yeah, absolutely not. At (laughs) least I hope not. With the internet, I'm sure they're getting right on that. Oh, this is a new age, isn't it? (laughs) This is quite the watch, Craig. It's... uh... It, most of the singing is in Swedish. It's it's a song. It, so, it sounds around. beautiful already. And every once in a while, though, like the theme song to like Dragon Ball Z and shit, they'll shout out like English phrases. <laughs> oh, my God. Like there's this one part where they're like singing and, and the cartoon vaginas dancing. And uh, at the end of the line, they're like, so elegantly. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> And I actually looked up the same tr- word. The translation of that, what the the whole lyric that they say is, "The vagina is cool. You'd better believe it, even on an old lady. It just sits there so elegantly." <laughs> There's some other line where it's like, "Here comes the penis at full speed," which just sounds vroom, horribly vroom. threatening. So is this is this like teaching small children like? telling them what's that down there it's, or is this like an actual sexual like this no, is how kids have no sex, sex. nothing okay about thank sex. god first off there's nothing about it seems sex like this it. is geared towards little kids to it, watch. it's teaching them about their bodies and the differences between boys and girls like is how it was put and it doesn't i don't know every word they said but no from what i understand there's nothing about sex it's okay just, good well funny as this may be maybe it's a smart move to 
teach them the difference. Yeah, you know, I don't honestly, like, it's a funny news story, but I can't say I see anything wrong with teaching children about their bodies and not to be ashamed of stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's how repressed memories start at age eight. (laughs) This cartoon? (laughs) (laughs) No, not getting this cartoon. Um, Interestingly enough, it was posted on YouTube and a bunch of people complained about it. So YouTube had it marked as uh, you had to verify your age in order to watch it. You had to sign in and verify your age. funny. Something for kids. You now have to be over 18 to view. The TV station actually complained to YouTube. So YouTube took that off and it's not anymore. Because they're like, this isn't for adults. This is for children. You should not have this marked as mature content. And they they took it off mature content. I bet you it was uh, moms along the Bible Belt were all angry. Well, speaking of the Bible Belt, Craig... Um, New Jersey isn't quite the Bible Belt. <laughs> so close. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the segue anyway. Speaking of the Bible Belt, here's something north of that. Pastor Eric DeMann, I guess, who he's certainly not DeMann, uh, or as Gambit would he's say. Not he's not DeMann? He's not DeMann. Who would say that? Sherry Gambit. Like his, that was so Jamaican, voice, it's not even funny. His voice in the show is horrible. Oh, Sherry. That's not how he talked, though. He's like, Gambit don't like that. Gambit don't like that, huh? That's, you do a better Gambit More than me. did. But uh, Pastor Eric Daman, or Daman, of the Bible Baptist Church in Hasbrouch Heights, New Jersey, was recently caught on tape doing his uh, sermon. I don't know if he was caught on tape or if it was just being filmed. It looked like it was just TMZ, caught on tape. What is this pastor going to do? He's so crazy. Well, yeah, they had they had him acting all drunk and slutty at a party, so they shamed up, him up on Facebook. Facebook, and now he's using the power of Jesus to <laughs> plague them through Skype. Jesus, haunt these people for me. <laughs> no, no, actually, um, he takes a much more hands-on approach. Uh, he was bragging during his sermon about how he punched a kid in the chest. Because he didn't believe in Jesus. More or less. You don't believe in Jesus? <laughs> believe in my fist. <laughs> I am a man, and he is the son of man. <laughs> um, he was working with a youth group in Calgary, and I guess this kid just wasn't taking the Lord seriously. Eh, I don't believe in your phony baloney God, Pasta. He said he was a smart aleck, but he said he was a really bright kid, which only made him worse. Who was you to me? Yeah. If he grows up. He said it only made him more dangerous. Right. Because if he grows up, because he's smart. So if he grows up not believing in Jesus, he could like ruin the church. (laughs) So this kid, he said, was just trying to get under my skin. I don't think he even talked like that, but. (laughs) I want you to give him a Jersey accent. (laughs) (laughs) He said that the kid was just trying to get under his skin and trying to get to him and not taking the Lord seriously. And so, bam, he's like, I crumpled the kid, crumpled him, punched him. Dude, he, he acted out the punch during his sermon and everything. And he went, bam, crumpled him to the floor and punched him right in the chest. Directly following that statement, he said, oh, what? No, officer. It's the hand of God. <laughs> Actually, it's even better, Craig. He went down. He crouched down at him and he whispered to him. <laughs> he whispered. Where is your lack of a God now? No, he, didn't, he didn't say that, but he did crouch down and whisper to him something like, like, when will you start taking the Lord seriously or something? Like, <laughs> You don't fuck? take the Lord seriously. This is what happens to you. What the fuck? But this happened 13 years ago. 
So we can't have the fucking bastard arrested. Oh, he told the story after the statutes was up. But we do know that now um, there is a pastor on the loose that might be punching children. (laughs) (laughs) So He's not sexually abusing them. Nope, just punching them in the chest. Just punching them. Maybe that's better, but still not good. It's still very, very low on the Very, very bad. Um, New Jersey moms, look out. Careful. Now, in his defense, he did say when recently questioned about this, that he does not endorse punching the, the uh, he said, I do not endorse child abuse or the punching of children. Of course he's going to say that. But the thing is, you already did endorse it. I don't endorse the punching of little children, but this kid really had it coming to him though. I'm telling you, if you were around him, you would have punched him too. Bam, Jersey slammer right in the chest. That's just what we do in Jersey, huh? Forget about it. Well, somebody else is punching something into the ground. Okay. China is punching the life out of small rodents. Oh my God, that's horrible. <laughs> this is just like, metaphorically is punching this like, them. This is the trend in China among teenagers. They're like, is your kid <laughs> gerbling? No, it's worse. <laughs> no, it's worse. What is it's what so worse much worse? Than that? The mass extermination of the small mouse rodent that Pikachu is based off of, the Pika. Oh. So sad. They're exterminating them? Because apparently they say the holes that they burn on the ground like a prairie dog would is dangerous to the environment, but that has been proven false. And uh, they're still doing it, kind of. We don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like, fuck those little things. They don't take the Lord seriously. (laughs) I'm going to punch them. (laughs) Punch them into the ground. Yeah, so... We need to make a concerted effort to make sure they realize that they're actually harming the ecosystem by doing that because they thought it was bad to the environment, but in reality, it actually helps uh, irrigation. Mm. So water flow. Yeah. Way to go, China. Raging Cajun Monami. Uh, that was terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, AKA Robert Lord. AKA Le Diable Blanc. AKA Deaf. AKA The Cajun Thief. AKA Gambit. Remy LeBeau. Remy LeBeau. That's his real full name. Awesome name, too, by the way. Such a suave name. Totally. Um, he's one of the X-Men. He's the guy with the big, long, brown trench coat. Brown and trench coat. Awkwardly pink metal chest plate. <laughs> and red eyes. F- fingerless gloves. Well, some of his gloves are fingerless, and some of them like some of them have fingers. Some fingers are covered, and some are... Yeah, we get it. I don't it. fucking know. <laughs> uh, I more know him for his... Bow staff. Bow staff. His uh, kind of... Charming weird eyes. hair. Charming? I don't know. More was, like demonized. They're black with red. I was just trying to finish your sentences incorrectly. Very well done, sir. He's about 6'1", six 6'2", six ish, if you could. Weighs about a buck 70. What are we fucking <laughs> giving a description of the cops? <laughs> uh, yeah, so his He's eyebrows were kind of like over to the left. <laughs> What does that even mean? <laughs> no, 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 no. Draw it over to the left. Was one of you not stoned when he stole your stereo? 
No. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> How do you think he stole the stereo keep up, officer? <laughs> For real. Like, Jesus. Uh, he is a world-class master thief. Yeah, one of those 90s anti-heroes. I think- well, I mean, he's, he's flip-flopped on which side he's on. Uh, oh, one of the 90s anti-heroes. <laughs> yeah. Mostly he's a good guy, though. He's, he's got good intentions at heart. An anti-hero shouldn't be a villain who's kind of good. It should be a good guy, a good guy who's, who's kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it was just the way he was raised. He was raised in a, in a thieves' guild. But let's talk about his mutant powers because they are so cool and so B.A. If you don't know, he's a mutant. He's a mutant. Is a person born with evolutionary new abilities, like yeah. What does a genetic? What does DC call them? That's what Marvel calls them. What does DC call them? People with you're the fucking DC fanboy. I don't know. Yeah, I think they just call them aliens or superheroes or metahumans. Metahumans. That's what they call them in DC. Okay. Okay. So mutants. Mutants. Mutant has such like a negative term. Well, which, no, because that's what it is, is mutated genes, which are responsible for a lot of traits. That right. Are but if you were to call down. somebody a mutant, chances are it wouldn't be an endearing term. Right. I wonder <laughs> why like Cyclops and Magneto and Professor X haven't thought about maybe rebranding, maybe <laughs> yeah. finding a friendlier word to call ourselves because mutants. if they did that and they just called them metahumans, they would kind of well, lose most of uh, their yeah, story Yeah, Magneto's arcs. like homo superior. And and Charles, <laughs> yeah. and Charles Xavier is like, no, that's not going to work because, and Wolverine is like, it's too gay. <laughs> and he's like, no, Logan, Bub. no, not because it's too gay. In fact, it is not gay at all. Uh, it just kind of makes us look like we're looking down on them. And then Magneto's like, but aren't we? <laughs> so Gambit is, is one of these mutants, if you will. Muties. One of these homo superiors. Uh, it's funny it's not funny Craig they're just words it's hilarious dude Uh, his his mutant ability is basically like he controls biokinetic energy which allows him to tap into the potential energy of an inanimate object and charge it with kinetic energy i.e. giving it converts it to kinetic energy yeah and it makes it super pink and glowy (laughs) and it makes it explode that too uh that I, th- I figured we the, the pink and glowy thing was held prominence. <laughs> I guess so. I guess how else do you show like transferring potential energy into kinetic energy in an object? You could well. There's many ways you could do it. Purple and glowy. <laughs> but you, you could even possibly get away with doing like an orangey, you know. But pink. But pink, pink kind of. It's efficient. Uh, yeah. It. It makes it like, oh, no, this isn't just one of your regular namby-pamby explosions. I hate namby-pamby <laughs> explosions. Oh, you weren't a fan of Jubilee then. Actually, a namby-pamby explosion sounds like the perfect type of explosion for me. I don't Fireworks? Need, yeah, Firework I don't, hands? I don't need explosions <laughs> of a higher grade in my life. <laughs> no, how awesome would that be on the 4th of July every year? Everybody would love you. Just be like, guys, it's on. Check it out. And if you can really control that and like make designs in the explosions, He's like a mutant, get him! <laughs> uh, why are you beating me with that two by four? Stop! This doing this on this day me. is so ironic. Where's my freedom? Oh, 
Anyways, back to the awesome man Gambit and his kick-ass powers. So a lot of people think from the show, like he's like, oh yeah, he has exploding cards. He can make cards explode. Like, no. Do you realize he could he could just like touch a giant truck yes. and make it explode? But it would take a lot longer to charge because the well, yeah, bigger the there's object, a lot more mass. That's why he used playing cards. They're so small and thin that he's able to charge it super fast. They're quick and easy. And it's easier to control uh, the explosions. Two quick reasons why he uses that. Actually, he was quoted. Also because it's cool, Nathan. Yes. Don't, you can't discount well, okay, that. Okay, three and then. It, and it was the 90s and he was badass. Four then. No, he used playing cards. He said that, uh, he said, well, you know, when I, when I carry a deck of playing cards... It's as if I have 52 little bombs right in my back pocket. And that's such a badass quote, man. That's, that's such a kick-ass line. I was like, oh, Gambit, tell me more. If it was from the show, he'd be like, when Gambit carried the cards, it's like Gambit got 52 cards and bombs in Gambit pocket. I hated that shit, dude. I don't know how he was my favorite character as a kid when he talked Actually, like that on that fucking cartoon. In X-Men Evolution is where he said the thing about the 52 bombs no i know but i'm saying if that was i I thought you were talking about the comic actually right right i know what you were saying but you were like if it was in the tv show i was like actually is was in one of the tv shows uh but the other reason is is the first weapon he actually used was a playing card just because it was there yeah that's what it was available so it's kind of like i'm guessing it holds like a little bit of significance to him and also this ability has you know different levels of potential you know what i mean of like what he can do with it there was one point where he was pushed to his total fucking like maximum potential. Oh, he almost couldn't. He barely could control them at all. He really he couldn't. couldn't even control it when he first started manifesting, let alone right. what it was then. But no, I think at this point it was it was to help him fight um, the new son who turned out to be an alternate universe gambit. Comics are weird. <laughs> <laughs> he was on a different Earth. <laughs> so uh, according to the X-Men wiki, quote unquote, At his full power, Gambit can control all aspects of kinetic energy up to even the molecular level, allowing him to fire energy blasts, defy gravity, heal wounds, charge objects within his line of sight without contact. Additionally, he can charge organic matter, blowing it up by just thinking about it, and effectively exist as energy. He can also manipulate the potency of the energy release. He had the power necessary to cause another being to be unable to move or unable to stop if in motion. He was able to cause or simulate various energies by manipulating the kinetic energy present, such as infrared and microwaves, by increasing molecular agitation or cold by reducing it. So badass. Uh, what that the makes him fuck? way better than Gene Gray. Once he used it to fucking time travel oh, yeah. by turning himself into that's, energy. That's uh that's a thing that happened in the comics. That's a broken character. <laughs> a broken character? It's like they're just like, oh, he's like Superman, he can do whatever he wants. So basically in a nutshell, what it means is he can uh actually control molecules and time. He can also like generate a static that prevents telepaths from getting in. Oh yeah, he's got a barrier in his uh in his little dome piece. Yeah. That comes in handy when uh, he's alone in his room thinking about what he what he wished he could do to Rogue and Professor X is, and Jean Grey are just like, I wonder what Gambit's up to. <laughs> well, that would be very dickish of them. Do you think that's how <laughs> Professor X and Jean Grey use their powers? Maybe Jean Grey when she was younger. She's like, I wonder what Gambit's up to. Let me listen. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rogue is just a child still. Was she? She was probably still a teenager, huh? Yeah, they were teenagers. Oh, Gambit. Oh, Gambit. What, but, are, we, uh, what are we going to do with you? Actually, I think she was at least an adult, though, when she met Gambit. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> that, well, yeah, she was totally a child, but I think she was at least an adult. Listen, I was... I was... <laughs> uh, he also, once he lost his sight and developed the power to read his playing cards like tarot cards, which is weird because generally you need your sight to read tarot cards. <laughs> right. Well, um, it, it basically like he was allowed to feel it. It was like the cards were made of Braille. <laughs> and that That's a whole nother thing of him losing his sight. He actually lost his sight because uh, he, one of he his... jerked off too much <laughs> to fucking... Wives' tale. I keep telling you that. It won't really happen. Maybe in a Marvel comic, but... Uh, no, he threw a playing card at somebody. It was reflected back at him and it exploded like in his face and it blinded him temporarily. That's it? Yeah, that's what happened. Wow. That's kind of, for comics, that's kind of like unhelpful. I thought, yeah, I thought like maybe his father from the past, you know, traveled back to him from the future. And, oh, and, really? I don't know. From beyond the grave, Marvel zombie style. But it was really just an alternate dimension version of Professor X who was his father in this dimension. Another small bit of his powers is he's got like this charm to him. And it's stated as a power because he can actually charm somebody into doing what he suggests they do. Really? Yeah. I think he's just charming. He's just that damn smooth. I think you'd do what he asks you to do too. I would. (laughs) (laughs) He's smoother than Billy D. Williams. Uh, Don't get killed. No, he is. He is. Mona mean, let me tell you something, huh? Ho ho, Shelly. Why don't? Why do you not take Gambit seriously? Right in the chest, I crumpled. <laughs> right, you. I crumpled you, and then I teabagged him. <laughs> for the Lord. Hand in hand, we teabagged for that the Lord. That was the Lord's teabag. Had some frankincense and myrrh in there. Shit. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here's the crazy, 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 crazy part about Gambit's powers. You thought time travel was the crazy, 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 crazy part? You're not talking about enhanced strength, agility, and durability, are you? No, pretty much all <laughs> superheroes have that. <laughs> but the, the powers help him get that. Yes. He is one of the four horsemen of Apocalypse. Not like... Oh, my God. That's... I mean, is that technically his power? Though that he's the he just became it for apocalypse. Yes, right? not the apocalypse, not like chosen by no Jehovah. the the villain apocalypse of Marvel lore. Yes, he has his own four horsemen, and he turned Gambit into death. Well, Gambit willingly did it. To he thought he was gonna double agent the shit out of it, and uh, yeah, he was gonna infiltrate it, maybe uh, control the situation a little bit, you know, so so it doesn't end up really betraying the X Men. But that kind of backfired on him. Not only did his body get warped, but his mind was warped. And when I say his body was warped, he like he turned a jet black color and uh, his hair turned white. And he started actually thinking he was death. And But there was still a little bit of gambit left in him, I guess. Well, the, the interesting thing, though, is that death still is inside him. He got his regular form back with the help right. of Mr. Sinister. Right. But he looked, I swear to God, like he looked like Drizzt Dorden. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, like a draw off. But that's still inside him because there was, even just a few years ago, there was something happened and it made him regress to that form. Right. Oh, what Mr. Sinister really did is he kind of made him, like, helped him tuck it back away so he would just forget about it. And it just kind of resurfaced eventually. 
But yeah, that's crazy. Uh, what helped him keep himself? He actually said, uh, I am both deaf and gambit. Mm-hmm. So like he was, he's like, I will not kill my X-Men friends. They're my friends. And, and I love this him? bitch. What helped him? You're saying what helped him do, do that was what? The, uh, the power of suggestion. <laughs> hey, maybe you're still gambit. <laughs> no, I hadn't thought about it that way. Perfect. I'm Death and Gambit. Print it. Apocalypse. Print it. Uh, I didn't mean to say what helped him, <laughs> to be honest. So it wasn't but... teenage, like the thought of like <laughs> no. teenage girls and be like, ooh, Gambit loved them teenage girls. <laughs> I'm not just Death Apocalypse. Gambit also life. You feel me, Mona Me? I, f- I think I got a better Cajun accent than you. Gambit's Cajun accent's horrible. I don't need to do a good Cajun accent to do Gambit. You haven't been watching the right Gambit, then. Fair. In in the cartoon that I grew up with, the accent was horrible. In the cartoon I most recently watched. Do Cajuns just refer to themselves in the third person? Is that part of the accent? Gambit Gambit. don't like none of this. I feel like Gambit, I I never remembered him doing that in the comic. Maybe I'm wrong. Write to me and let me know if so. Fairpoint Podcast. Uh, Gambit referring to himself in the third person? Yeah. I honestly, in prep of this, I've read like eight Gambit comics. And I would have to say, maybe? <laughs> I wasn't paying that close attention uh, to what he was saying. I was just like, oh, he's so charming. Joel, how can you how can you not fall for that? Anyways. And of course, besides his powers, what also helps him is, is he's a really badass thief and a really good fighter. He's trained in French kickboxing and bojutsu because he uses his extendable metal like bow staff. Oh, his bow staff. Yeah. And uh, did you mention that he was bilingual, English and French? There you go. That too. Boom. That's a mutant power. No, Craig Gambit's trilingual, English, French, and the language of love. You hear what I'm saying, Shari? <laughs> Sometimes in the cartoon, he did get a little like, wow, Gambit, this is a kid's cartoon. <laughs> Put it away, Gambit. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Down. Down, boy. So Gambit was created by writer Chris Claremont and artist Jim Lee. Also helping in the creation was Howard Mackey, Andy Kubert, and Mike Collins. They were all letterers and, uh, you know, pencilers, shaders, stuff like that. Did they help in the creation of a character? Yes. Okay, fair enough. I guess it would be far be it of me to insult. I'm not insulting their craft, just <laughs> insinuating that I didn't think it had that much to do with character creation. But Well, if, if you're talking that, then it's probably mostly Chris Claremont. No, the artist has a lot to do with it, too. But the other we guys helped in the Watchmen. art. Well, yeah, but not in the designing, right? Fair. Okay. I mean, it's like I wouldn't say that the shinglers didn't do shit for my house. Well, guess what? I also what? wouldn't okay. say that they created my house. They are, they are pegged in the creation of it, okay? They helped. Uh, he first appeared in 1990 in a cameo in Uncanny X-Men Annual 14, and a few weeks later with a more fleshed-out role in Uncanny X-Men number 266. So does that mean uh, in the 14th year of the Uncanny X-Men he was, he was, was when he was finally brought to life? I, yes, I believe so, or at least as long as they were doing an annual. Okay. He was actually, though, what a lot of people don't know, was conceived of by Claremont to be a new recurring villain uh, for the X-Men to face because Magneto and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants was sort of getting old. But he's so charming, he charmed Chris Claremont into into making him a hero. (laughs) The original idea, as told by Chris Claremont, he was, quote-unquote, 
a mysterious young boy, apparently an 11-year-old, at the orphanage where Scott Summers was raised, you know, Cyclops, uh, who turned out to be the secret master of the place. In effect, what we were setting up was a guy who was aging proportionately over a lifespan of roughly a thousand years. Even though he looked like an 11-year-old, he'd actually been alive since the mid-century at this point. He was actually about 50. Oh, shit. He had all the grown-up urges. He's growing up in his mind, but his body isn't capable of handling it, which makes him quite cranky. And of course, looking like an 11-year-old, who'd take him seriously in the criminal community? So, he built himself an agent, in a sense, which was Mr. Sinister. Mr. Uh, Sinister was his agent? Originally. That was, in effect, the rationale behind Sinister's rather, for want of a better word, childish or kid-like appearance. The costume, the look, the face, it's what would scare a child. Even when he was designed, he wasn't what you'd expect in a guy like that. Damn, this... That's fucking awesome. And then Gambit, little 11-year-old, would see Rogue and sort of like really want her. And she's like, he's just a kid. So he creates an older version of himself that can pursue her, I guess. I don't know. His comics are fucking weird. Oh, so his his powers had already reached full potential there. <laughs> and uh, this guy ends up falling in love with her, and it, it awakens some humanity in Gambit. A dirty 50-year-old falling in love with Rogue <laughs> while he looks 11. He was also planned to be uh, Cyclops' brother at one point. Meh. While that shit is pretty cool, I'm glad they went with what they decided to go with. Such as the creation of a character. Yeah, it usually takes a lot. It goes in strange directions. It starts off one way and ends up a totally other way. Well, I didn't have to tell you that. You probably got to figure that out for yourself. Is that when I have kids or something? (laughs) Yes. This Remy LeBeau was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, and immediately thereafter kidnapped from the hospital by the LeBeau, by the LeBeau clan thieves guild. Well, it's actually, um, it's, it's noted that his father abandoned him at the hospital, his real father. Oh, really? And parents. What yeah, because, uh, dick. because his eyes were, were the eyes of the devil. They thought uh, he had something to do with satanic demonology. They called him the white devil who was prophesied to unite the rival Thieves' Guild and Assassin's Guild. Right. That's, uh, that's what the antiquary first called him. Why would that, make, why would that designate you a devil? Because of his eye. I don't know. Demon eyes? It seems like a... No, I'm saying uniting the, the rival guilds. That oh, seems like a, a chill thing to do. That's, that's a privacy. Uh, the devil would pit them against each other. That's a prophecy right there. I, you never know, man. Well, it's whatever, because he doesn't end up fucking doing it, so that's... He that's fails, actually. Your prophecy's worth less than a cup of, fucking cup of coffee. Well, it's funny. Uh, Jean-Luc LeBeau, the head of the Thieves' Guild, doesn't like the fact that he's going to be a child slave in the Antiquaries collection. So he kind of arranges for Fagin's mob to, to take care of him and raise him, which is one of, one of the little sects of the Thieves' Guild. They're like a kind of street gang, right? Yeah, a little street gang, raised by a street gang. Like, and, I'm uh, going to give them a better life than this. Yeah, hey, you little fucking child. hoodlums. Get your asses over here. Take care of this fucking kid. Well, taking steps. Well, he's not done yet because he still has an eye and an interest in this kid. And he sets up a, a phony pickpocketing where he stops him from pickpocketing himself. Like John Luke set up himself getting pickpocketed by little eight-year-old Remy. 
takes him in and makes him his adopted son. Raises him from there. Why didn't he just do that from the fucking start? Because... He's like, eight years, man. That's eight years of progress I made when I would have had to been dealing with this fucking Think about it this, this way. little shit's diapers. Yeah, he didn't want to... He didn't want to change diapers. He didn't want to raise a small child. He's like, eight years old, you're ready. I'll take you now. Thank you for raising him before that. Thank you. Let those Thank kids you for doing the all the street, dirty work. Those kids down there spray painting fucking anarchy signs on the fucking brick walls, banging out public enemy. I'll let them raise him. <laughs> wow. You really got those street gangs down. Like in the eighties, you you kids with your public enemy and your anarchy signs. You forgot your breakdance circles <laughs> and your breakdancing and your graffitiing. So as a teenager, his powers started to surface, but he kept it a total secret. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell his dad. He's not his real dad. He's like, I'm not telling you about my powers. Well, You're not my real dad. He, he was scared. He didn't know what to do. He, so he played with them in secret, which seems like a metaphor. A lot of for, teenagers can for learning to that. out, learning how to jack it. Right? He didn't actually. Once he got accepted into the school, they're like, "Show, show, show us your powers." And he's like, "What? Gambit not gonna do that?" <laughs> and they're like, speaking like a full-grown adult, Gambit. <laughs> what do you mean you're not? Show us your powers. You said that when you were a teenager, you discovered you had powers and you didn't tell anyone. You experimented with it in private. <laughs> he's, he's like, this school's sick. I'm going to report you. That's, that's between me and hopefully maybe Rogue. <laughs> I'll show her. I'm not showing you, old man. Hey, Rogue, more than me. You want to see my power? She comes out of the room fucking a minute later. She's like, so he doesn't have powers. <laughs> no. It's like, hey, what do you mean I don't? I'm all power, baby. Oh, that's so sad. Uh, in reality, Rogue would kill him if they did that. She's she's got crazy powers too. That's another day. Another really? Story. What's your power, Cherry? Well, I can basically drain your energy. Oh, I got some energy you can drain, Cherry. <laughs> uh, if I kiss you for too long, I'll put you in a coma. I don't think he was talking about kissing Rogue. <laughs> so at age 15, he was assigned as tithing, which is sort of a coming-of-age ceremony. And he was assigned to steal from Kandra, who... Oh. Kandra is this telekinetic mutant who can use her powers to unlock abilities in other people. And this is even interesting. keep herself young for centuries. It seems like they utilized what kind of their original ideas for Gambit were in this character a little bit. Oh, yeah? With her being able to prolong her, her aging and keep herself young for centuries. Right, yeah. She also had this ill-defined relationship with the Thieves Guild in which she would provide them with longer life in exchange for some kickback from their profits and whatnot. And they're like, hey, you know you know, it'd be cool? Go steal something from her. <laughs> That's your initiation. And it seems like just a, like they set Gambit up to fail in this. She's a full-grown mutant who's honed her powers for hundreds of years. Yeah, go steal from her, you yeah. fucking teenage shit. <laughs> if you come back, you could be in the club. <laughs> so she stops Gambit and... Catches him in the act. Yeah, and she actually remembers him from a fight 100 years ago as a little more aged Gambit. Basically, Gambit in the future travels back to the past, and she recognizes him from her past. But he hasn't done it yet. So he are you keeping up her. with us yet? Comics are weird. <laughs> Comics are weird. So she's got plans for him. She's she sells him off to a slave trader known as Pig. This 
gangster. Yeah, he's he has plans to sell them to Hydra as boy soldiers. That fucker. Seriously, that's fucking, fucking pig. That's that is horrible. Terrible. That is despicable. It's villainous. On all the, well, I wow. You think that's what makes them villains? Did you really seriously just realize that, Craig? No, absolutely not. I thought the sarcasm was thick enough. But Gambit, of course, uses his powers to escape. And as he's being pursued by Pig, he sees a playing card, picks it up, charges it, and throws it in that fucker's face. Boom! And no more eye, Pig. That was that marked the beginning of an era. Uh, not to be confused with Professor Pig from DC Universe. Total different character. Total different character. But that's this who one's I'm actually going to pretend it was. A terrible... Well, I guess Professor Pig is a terrible human being as well. But Professor Pig is sick in the head. Yeah, and, very sick in the head. And uh, Pig is just a terrible piece of human trash. Not even that human anymore. So later, the Thieves Guild ends up being hired by one Dr. Nathaniel Essex, who's really... not gonna. I'm not going to lie to you. It's Mr. Sinister in disguise. Be straight up bastard. with you. <laughs> he like kind of shapeshifted. He's so, got Mystique's powers now. He hires them to steal back his journals from the Weapon X project. And Gambit gets the journals, but he doesn't really trust this guy. No, fuck this that. Dr. Nathaniel Essex. Something's if that off is about your this, real name. This Mr. Nathaniel type. Something's off about him. So he burns the journals. Easily done. I mean, he can kind of poof. Make it, think it happened. Now, that was his first run-in with Mr. Sinister, but it won't be his last. Oh, certainly not. He's had a lot of run-ins with the guy. In the meantime, though, he attempts to iron things over between the Thieves and Assassin's Guild by marrying the granddaughter of the head assassin. Oh. Yeah, that ought to do it. Belladonna? Yeah. I could see see how you would think that that, you being a member of the Thieves Guild marrying the granddaughter of the... Yeah, I could see how that would make everything okay. It's like a Godfather movie. (laughs) <laughs> Where it's like, whoa, these two families say, you come here, you marry her, and now, we, now we're families together. Oh, hey, oh, we can all split the money. And then they just get greedy and kill each other. It is very Shakespearean because the whole plan backfires. Yeah, Julianne, uh, Belladonna's brother, is like, nah, fuck this. This ain't happening. Gambit, you and me were fighting. They're like, if anyone has reason why these should not be wed, speak now or forever hold your peace. And uh, uh, like, I do, I do. Is what he said. He's like, that Cajun over there, which is something I noticed in the old cartoon. They're always rogues like, you Cajun. <laughs> Such like, a derogatory Lo- term. Logan calls him a Cajun. It's not a derogatory term, but it's like, Jesus, You're guys. Regional. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you don't just, that's racist. Like. Yes, he's a Cajun. That's not an insult. You're just stating what he is. And he's like, well, at least Gambit, not a homo superior. And then Professor X whispers in his you ear. You are. And he's like, and he's like, what'd you say about me, old man? And he punched him in the chest. Bow. <laughs> Crumpled. Crumpled him. <laughs> Crumpled to the floor. <laughs> I punched that old man because he didn't have enough faith. Where's in your mutant powers now? So, uh, so like we said, Julian's like, I challenge you to a fight. Remy's just, you know, acting in self-defense. He, he doesn't want to do this. This, this ain't his bag, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Somehow you just immediately lose the Cajun when you try to start it. It wasn't his bag, baby. So what happened was he ended up killing Julian. And then they were like, you better run, Forrest, run. And he was like, yeah, baby. He was like, I'll behave. And he ran away. I can't believe you're trying. We're kind of bringing that back. 
We're going to bring Oh Behave back. We will. No, we won't. No, Mark we won't. my words. 2015 is the year of Austin Powers. Did you see um, Dr. Evil on Saturday Night Live? I did not. No, a couple weeks ago, Dr. Evil. Yeah, no, I didn't. You heard about it? He no, like, I didn't. I didn't even hear about it. Well, if you would let me speak, you would hear about it. Nope, don't want to. <laughs> Dr. Evil hijacked the airwaves during the intro to the Saturday Night Live episode a few weeks back and oh, yeah? commented on the whole interview fiasco in North Korea as an evil empire and stuff. And uh, it was it was cool. It wasn't that funny, but it was cool to see the character Was it Mike Myers? Again. Yeah, totally. Uh, one, cool, they brought him back. Uh, two... Sounds like at oh you said it wasn't really that funny. It wasn't that funny. Parts of the reason why I haven't been watching Saturday Night Live for like not funny, a long yeah. time. But you know, if there was another Austin Powers movie, the only reason probably that I'd go see it would be Doctor Evil. So yeah, that's I think uh, that was the last uh, character in Austin Powers that I got tired of. Uh, yeah, I, I love always. He was always my favorite. Him would, and his son Seth Green. Yeah, I would go see another movie. Another Austin Powers movie just to see Dr. Evil. So get on it. It's been long enough. I'll do it. I'll, buy, I'll give you your fucking ticket. Just don't bring Obehave back. <laughs> just just leave Austin Powers himself out of it. Just that, That's up to the fans. <laughs> that's up to the fans is to understand that this movie came out long enough ago and that was a thing long enough ago. You don't need to. We're okay. past saying it. So why are we talking about this? Because they told oh. they told Gambit he better run for us, run. <laughs> oh right, right, of course. Well, he he took their advice and he sure did run. He was banished from he New ran Orleans. So far away, gotta get away. <laughs> so he was banished from New Orleans. Lived on his own as a thief for a while, but his power eventually just became way too much for him to handle. It was it just got out of hand, um, which I <laughs> yeah, guess, uh, that happened when I was fourteen a couple times too. <laughs> So he went to Mr. Sinister for help. <laughs> that happened a couple times when that, you were 14. That too only long. happened once. And I only got that desperate. I only I, went to him once. I wrote a fanfic about it and it became 50 shades of gray. <laughs> I am EL James. 50 shades of sinister. <laughs> um no, Gross. Mr. Sinister Gambit goes to him for help and what he does is he takes out a portion of his brain stem uh which makes him less powerful. And now able to control his powers. Yeah, that's uh, that's weird, though, to think that all it takes is a little bit of a lobotomy. Yeah, Heroes does the same thing with Siler cutting open their heads and able to duplicate their power by looking at their brain. <laughs> spoiler alert for Heroes, sorry. Oh, uh, bigger spoiler alert? He didn't have to kill them. Eventually. Eventually he learned how to do it without having to kill them. And then he's killed anyway. That was fun. Speaking of heroes, that shit better happen this year, man. I know it's going to suck, but I thought that heroes was coming back in spring 2015 and I haven't heard shit since like July. Anyway, uh, it's being uh, kept under wraps proper. So in exchange for that favor, he had Gambit carry out all sorts of favors for him. So now instead of the original idea of Mr. Sinister acting as an agent for Gambit, Gambit's now an agent of Sinister. Wow, you blew my mind. Bruh. Bruh. I was getting to that. I was getting to you that. almost got to the bruh. So eventually he has Gambit put together this group to carry out a very special mission for him. This group's called the Marauders. 
Uh, I don't remember everyone that was on it. I know Sabretooth was there. Yeah, there was uh, like Riptide, uh, Vertigo, Harpoon. That's like the most 90s group of superhero <laughs> yeah. names. Riptide, <laughs> Sabretooth, Vertigo, Harpoon. Could you tell that Rob Liefeld made them up? <laughs> harpoon. His mutant powers. He shoots harpoons out of his chest. A deep sea navy commando with an attitude as bad as his odor. <laughs> that was, oh my god! Kablam! Yes. Right in the chest, crumpled him. <laughs> he sticky divered him. And this is why people don't listen to our podcast. Right, I guess so. Because we just got off on a tangent. Anyways, uh, so these these marauders guys were were sent to kind of wipe out the terrible, horrible Morlocks who were bad people. But in reality, Mr. Sinister just kind of wanted to get rid of them. Yeah, he, it was a subterranean community of mutants. He yeah, uh, to, sewer dwellers. He wanted them to slaughter them. and Just when, wanted them gone. Yeah, when Gambit realized that, he was like, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. No, Sherry. And he tried to stop them. You know what? <laughs> No, he was like, no, 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 not my face. So Gambit tried to stop them, but he failed and he only ended up saving one little girl. Well, even if he saved one life, does it mean he actually failed? He still saved one life. He failed to stop the Marauders. It's it's true. He was only able to save one small child, but that child turned out to be Marrow. Yeah, she's the mutant who can make her bones shoot out. Yeah, uh... I yeah. just want to side note yeah, that. Like, Whoa, I got that power too, Sherry. I just want to side note that in X Men Evolution, there was a character that was created for it, which was Storm's nephew, uh, Spike, and he had the same abilities, and they just kind of turned Marrow into a, a dude. Mm-hmm. He ended up becoming, eventually becoming the leader of the Morlocks. And, that sucks. Marrow's uh, kind of cool as she is. Yeah, she that is, that is kind of lame, but uh, at least they were cool with the character. The character became pretty cool. But that does suck. Uh, Marrow is, is pretty B.A. So after wandering the world on his own some more, he finally ends up meeting Storm. And this was when Storm was like a teenager or whatever, when they shrunk her age down or whatever. Yeah, uh, she was quote unquote de-aged, de-aged. and then given amnesia Cause from the, the de-aging the process. What's the de-aging someone if you're not going to give them amnesia? So how does that work? Do you think... Say you were de-aged, you're a 30-year-old man or woman, it doesn't matter, uh, you were de-aged to a 12-year-old version of yourself. If Are you still 30 years old? Like, like if you if you don't ever get yourself changed back, will you re-age at the same rate and diet like what your body looks like is 70 or 80? Or would you do it 20 years earlier because no, your mental age is... Your mental age doesn't make you die. Your physical age does. No, but at that time, she was living as a thief, and her and Gambit both tried to rob the same house, and that's how they met up with each other. And that's cool, and then he kind of like took her under her wing, and was like, oh, my little thief friend. Oh, that's pretty cool. Hold on. Eventually, Storm got back to her normal self, and she lost her amnesia, thankfully. Praise, praise Jeebus. Uh, so she, she brought him back to the school with her to talk to Xavier, to talk to Charles, and see if... You know, she can get him admitted into the X-Men. You'd be a good asset, you know? Remy's like, well, I did kind of partake in a massacre. Maybe joining this superhero squad could help me atone for my sins. And this is to himself, as an aside, while he's in his room experimenting with his powers. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> nobody else knew that he was part of that. No, of course. The At static- least not yet. 
Of course, the static helped to keep the psychics from being able to see that. Right. And I, I think he maybe, kept his skeletons in his closet. Maybe Professor X was uh, was a little bit nervous at first, and he's like, "Hmm, I cannot read his mind." Yeah, well, he seems cool. Gene, he smokes maybe you can help me. He's cool. <laughs> no, he smokes with cigarettes. <laughs> Wolverine's like, I drink beer. Aren't I cool? We already got a bad boy. We don't need this guy. <laughs> I don't trust this guy. He's a Cajun. That is very wrong and prejudice of you. The only French immigrants I trust are my Canadian ancestry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just realized maybe he didn't trust him. He was like, Southern French, huh? <laughs> so he fights along the X-Men for a while, like... Fights alongside them. They fight Magneto. They go to the fucking Savage Land. They have all sorts of merry, fun adventures. Yay. Not so fun adventures. Oh. And he develops this world famous on and off relationship with Rogue. World star. World star. I can't tell you how many like people magazines I've seen with like Gambit and Rogue split again. Oh, I thought you were serious for a second. Nah, satire. <laughs> I I think it's cool though because it's it's literally probably my favorite uh, comic book romance, if you would. Oh yeah, yeah. They they have such favorite a long yeah favorite. Nah, Scott and Ramona, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, no, Gambit and Rogue would crush them any day. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about fighting. Me neither. <laughs> I'm talking about experimenting with my thoughts. Gambit talking about Gambit's powers. <laughs> you Stop hear talking like the cookie monster. <laughs> Try to do a Cajun cookie monster now. <laughs> I can't do a Cajun accent. I can. The closest I can get is the X-Men cartoon. It's funny, Gambit. though. Like... Like, I could try, and sometimes I could start off right, and then sometimes I can work into it, but I can never hold it. Not, no. I can't hold it. That's how I am with most accents. So, eventually, though, his past is revealed, uh, interestingly enough, when he finally kisses Rogue when they think they're going to die. Oh, yeah, because yeah, she's not reading your thoughts. She's reading your body. She's absorbing his she's energy. Absorbing him. She absorbs a few memories. <laughs> she's like... Do you feel me inside of you, Gambit? No. She was never I'm inside in your of mind. Him. She was never in his mind. <laughs> she She's was. like, nah, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, I just took your powers. <laughs> but he is kicked out of the X-Men, and of course, he eventually gets back in. Yeah, I think it's really stupid of them to kick him out of the X-Men for something that happened in the past, because they're like all about... It's not like he did anything presently to get him kicked out. I agree. They didn't just kick him out of the X-Men either. They abandoned that dude in Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they were they like, were like fuck you. You took place in this. We as mutants cannot condone this. And while we preach tolerance and love and second chances to terrible villains like Magneto and the Brotherhood, we give them all these chances. But you, no, you had your one shot. And Hope you that. fucked up before you joined us, son. Get out. Hope that trench coat's warm. Uh, Rorschach. Rorschach could do it. Rorschach could do it. Man funny, up, thing, funny thing you said that because in a recent, uh, not a recent comic book that was published, but recently I read a Gambit comic and uh, he was on a mission somewhere cold and he was like, I'm going to have a jacket next time I come out here. I'm, I'm a little, it's a little too cold for me. 
<laughs> Ever since then, he had the oh yeah, that was a, trench coat. That was a pre one of his origin stories, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Volume one. Sorry. Yeah, it was a it was a before the fact when it was like, oh, I get it. He's gonna go get that trench coat. Uh, he's known uh, for wearing. Uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, there was this like long building arc that was supposed to end in Gambit betraying the X Men. You know, Bishop even comes back in time to like tell them Gambit was a traitor and all this. Oh man, when uh, was that when he met him as the witness? Yeah, in the future. But the the writers changed this whole thing at the last second because I think because Gambit was just a super popular character and they didn't want to him, kick him out of the X-Men and and be you know. the actual villain and be the betrayer. Uh what didn't it turn out they changed it to like it was Mystique uh disguised as Gambit? Really? I don't know. I thought it had something to do with Professor X and Onslaught and I don't know. Uh, some shit. I mean there's Comics so many <laughs> There's so many alternate universes. There's so many alternate realities. There's so much shit has happened that is just basically... It could have been any number of stories that have happened in the past 40, 50 years. A lot more stuff has happened to Gambit, but for us to give you like a full life story of every single thing this character's been through, we'd have to tell you... We'd have to explain the context of every single X-Men story arc for like the last... 20, 30 years, you know, it's not going to happen. And quite frankly, we already talked about the Horseman of the Apocalypse one, which is most interesting to me, so that's all that matters. Yeah, that always is all that matters. Pre-X-Men stuff. Gambit's also teamed up with a ton of different other mutants slash heroes in the Marvel Universe. One of my personal favorites was a half-vampire named Blade. You might have heard of him. Wesley Snipes much. A Gambit Blade? Yeah, it was really cool because... Since Blade is part of the Marvel Universe, vampires exist there. And uh, New Orleans has always been a hotbed for vampire activity. Just watch True Blood if you don't believe me. (laughs) Yeah, the team-ups were kind of a staple of Gambit thing. Maybe, you know, as him being one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite X-Men, you know, I'm I'm, uh, conceding this. That maybe he has trouble holding up his own ongoing titles. They never sell well. They never last. They really never don't. That much interesting, you know. Honestly, that should ways to go with it. That usually falls onto. I like to put the blame on the person writing those. True, but at the same time, he is a great character, and exactly. so pairing him up with other characters does kind of work well. It helps. Okay. It I does. Mean, um, there's Gambit and Wolverine, I think, had their own series at one time. There, there was a mini series for it uh, called Victims. They tried to crack the case of a Jack the Ripper style murderer. Oh, really? That's yeah. what it was about? Yeah, it was I called, remember the comics, but I don't it was called I never read them. Gambit Wolverine Victims. Okay. Also, he's been like really a lot closer to X23, the like female clone of Wolverine. She's in my Yeah, she's, she's BA. She was always one of my Marvel vs. Capcom characters. Me too. That's cool. And she's not even one of the best characters in the game, but I just no. think she's dope and I play well with okay, her. Okay, so. real quick. Your top four. What, in Marvel vs. Capcom? Or, I mean, you're, you're, it's a team of three, right? It's a team of three. Yeah, your, your team, real quick. For Marvel vs. Capcom Standard, 3? sure. Yes. That's the one with X-23. The, yeah. It's X-23, Zero, and Amaterasu. Okay, I am X-23, Deadpool, and Dante. Okay, cool. You don't have Iron Man on your team? We can play. I I, I won't play people that play as Iron Man because I'm just like, no, it's not fun. 
I'm sorry, it's not fun fighting Iron Man. Well, he's no, got the, he's I'm got not that being a sore ass. loser. I'm not he's, being a sore loser. I don't mind losing. I just play games to have fun. And fighting Iron Man is no fun for me. So I'll play a different game. Thank you. That's funny. But you choose the dog, right? Yes, totally. Oh, I, I, love I it. have no fun playing against the dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, that was another awesome fucking request episode thanks again sarah thank you so much uh you put my favorite x-men into the forefront of one of our topics cool you're awesome that one's for you next week we're taking matt's suggestion oh hey matt thanks this is gonna be a difficult one. Oh yeah he suggested we do an episode called the criminal underworld in a galaxy far, far away. Well, it's obvious this guy knows us because if we're going to tackle Star Wars, we better, might as well start off with a small chunk of it. It's <laughs> a tiny piece. I can't believe we've never done a Star Wars episode yet. Those are one of the ones we were saving. We, we almost did Princess Leia at one point. Right. And something got in the way. I think what maybe got in a, the way was guest episode. We were no, we didn't have enough time in between in between when we were going when we had recorded and decided and was going to. And we're like, we need at least like two weeks. It was to right do this. before episode fifty, right? Yeah. And we were like, we don't have time, so we did top twenty of nineteen eighty nine because it was easier to research. Exactly. Yes. That's how uh, the minds work behind this podcast, people. You're learning <laughs> things and you're realizing if we can find a cop out topic, we will take a cop out topic. No, pizza was really serious. We didn't do pizza. I meant ice cream. We, we were going to use pizza at some point. Water parks. Water parks. Nope, not at all. That was that was one of my first ones I ever wanted to do. So next week, we're going to go and take a look at the criminal underbelly of the Star Wars movies. Which we'll means see. I have to read a few novels first. Yeah, and don't worry because that's a topic that there's no way we could cover everything. Sort of like Watchmen. So we're going to revisit those things. Dude, we've already listened to last week's episode and we're like, oh man, we missed this. We missed this. We missed this. There's more Watchmen episodes yeah, in there, the future. Yeah, there's definitely more Watchmen episodes in the future. Tons and more Star Wars This in the is future. part of the reason why we hadn't really done a Star Wars episode yet because we knew it, it's, it's such a huge thing. But thanks for the challenge. I accept. Nathan accepts too. And to everybody else that requested stuff, we're going to extend January by one week. I called up Obama. He said it's cool. He doesn't mind. So there's going to be one extra week of January. So I really think it should be too one bad, so more sad. fan request. Too bad, so sad. Wait for next year. I mean, this fan <laughs> didn't get... <laughs> this fan didn't get their thing requested. Well, guess what? Neither did 40 other people. We, d- <laughs> we don't... We don't... Only take fan requests once a year. We're, we should really do that. January is going to, from now on, be fan request month. I like that idea. I, Tell me you don't. I don't. You don't want to always do Oh, Do you want to like switch it to a different month? I think all year long is listener appreciation month. You dream it too big, man. How about 11 months out of the year are listener appreciation month? And then there's scare point? And then there's scare point. All right, this, sure. I don't think we're going to move on from here until I agree. So I shall concede because I am the bigger man. No, sir. You know who's the bigger man? The man who can punch you the hardest in the, the man, chest. The man, Pastor Demand. That Demand. 
Hey, if you want to get punched in the chest with awesomeness, find us on one of the many places on social media say, that you can find us. Can you just imagine if like you go to their social media and it just punches you? Whoa, kinetic energy. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Tumblr. We're all the fuck over the place, son. You don't even know. You, you can also know. send us an email. If Continue not, requesting shit. If you're not a fan of us on Facebook, if you haven't liked our Facebook page, stuff's ha- stuff happens, and you don't even know. It goes right over your head. It's like, status updated. They ain't even know. Uh, I don't know how to continue, so I just do a Master P grunt. <laughs> uh, Master P grunt at us at any of... <laughs> Any of those fine locations. It's at Fairpoint Pod on Twitter. Fairpoint Podcast everywhere else. And we're on iTunes. We're on Podbay. And it helps us a lot when you leave us ratings and reviews. Sure YouTube does. too. We're on YouTube. Oh, we're also on YouTube. Yeah, Fairpoint Podcast still, right? Yeah, you need to check that shit out because we do cool shit there every once in a while. Sometimes he's... Sometimes twice. In one night. Sometimes twice. No time period. Just sometimes we do cool stuff twice. Uh, All that shit's a great way to support us. It's a great way to stay updated on what's going on with the podcast. And, you know, if there's anything cool coming up or anything unexpected. And all sorts of extra shit. So thanks as always. Next week. The criminal underworld in a galaxy far, far away. Was there any more to that? You, the, no, I don't know. I'm just talking. What happened in a criminal underworld in a galaxy far, far away? Well, you'll find out next week. Did a man make the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs? He did. Less oh, than 12 possibly, parsecs. Quite possibly a little less than 10 parsecs. But I'm being modest. <laughs> I hate the brag. From the secret room, I'm Nathan Capasser. And I'm Mona Me. Craig Lutz. Oh, yeah.